Anybody need a word this morning? Man, oh man. I'm going to give you a little background uh, before I even get into this text. Um, this one's personal. It's personal, so I'm going to, I'll be emotional throughout. But this one is personal. This, this particular text today, it got me through an 18-month deployment in Iraq, 18 months. In that 18-month time frame, before we got into war, I lost a soldier that drowned while we were training. While we were training, that soldier was with seven other soldiers that disobeyed a lawful order, and I had to arrest four of those soldiers that are serving now at Fort Leavenworth. Fast forward, get to Iraq, October 2003. First deployment, our first mission, we lost six soldiers to an IED. In 18 months, 28 soldiers were killed. 28 soldiers that gave their lives for the freedom that we have today. But this particular song that I'm going to share with you today, in that time frame, I went on some of the most dangerous missions, had some of the most dangerous security compounds that we, we protected. And I'm here to tell you that I did not lose a single soldier. So when I tell you this psalm, it's personal to me. So if you have your Bibles, please stand with me as we read Psalms 91. Psalms 91. Yeah. Fellas, this is for you. Ladies, this one's for you. I know you serve honorably. You got that honorable discharge. This one helped me through, and I pray that it will do the same to you when you come up against the enemies in your life. I didn't say if. Oh, they're coming. Yeah. Some of them sitting right beside you. You don't even know it. But guess what? You covered. You're covered. You're protected. Yeah. Do you have it? Amen. Amen. Psalms 91, for your hearing, we're going to read the first eight verses. Psalms 91, verses 1 through 8. 9 through 16, they, they have just as much weight and importance, but for the time that I have today, there is no way <laughs> I could cover the other eight. So we're just going to focus on the first eight. Brother, sister, preacher, that, that's because this is the, the context of the, of the actual sermon. 
You get to verse 9, it starts another conversation. So we're staying in the context of the text. Amen. Psalms 91, 1 through 8. I will be reading from the New King James Version. Uh -huh. Some of y'all got it. Some of y'all got it. Those of you watching online, in-house joke. Psalms 91, 1 through 8, New King James translation reads, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. This is God's recorded word. You may be seated in his presence. For the time that we have this morning, I want to talk to you from the subject, he covered me. He covered me. When you look at Psalms 91, it is the second Psalm in the fourth book of Psalms. This Psalm is also called the Soldier's Psalm because Yahweh's protection of his people in times of trouble. It is broken down into three separate sections. The psalm opens in verses 1 through 8 with an individual testifying of Yah what Yahweh has done. It then shifts to the second section in verses 9 through 13 where the audience responds to that individual. And finally, in verses 14 through 16, Yahweh speaks about the faithful person that he promises to protect. And for our time today, we're going to focus on verses 1 through 8. Are we still together? I love the way that it opens up because when you read verse 1, it is an individual, personal testimony. It says, he who dwells in the secret place. The secret place. Anybody been there? I'm not talking about hide and go seek. No, I'm talking about the secret place. The secret place is in the presence of the Lord. The secret place is not about your emotions, but it's more about being in his presence. I would tell you that if you get in his presence, some emotions are going to take place. I have complete trust in God. Why? Because we have history together. 
the, the praise teams told us to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understandings, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will, not shall, might, will direct your paths. If I can just get in his presence, then everything will be all right. In his presence is the fullness of glory. Glory be to God that we have a savior that came to give us life and life more abundantly. We know the devils come to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but then Jesus says, I've come that you would have life and to have life more abundantly. When you're in his presence is the fullness of joy. That's Psalm 16 and 11. And when you're in the fullness of joy, it is a state of perpetual, continuing communion with our Heavenly Father. Let me say that one more time. When we're in his presence, it is a perpetual, continuous communion with our Heavenly Father. In other words, when you spend time with God, God spends time with you. Wake up in the morning in his presence. Driving to work in his presence. During your lunch break in his presence. Just making melodies in your heart all the day long in his presence. We have confidence in him. Does anybody want to experience his presence this morning? I know you felt the glory cloud, but just begin to think of his goodness and all that he's done for you. Don't worry about who's looking at you because our focus is not on them, but it's on God. Being in his presence. God has been good, so good that we just have to brag on him. Just think of one thing that God has done in your life. Maybe you were involved in a car wreck. Your car was total, but you were not injured in his presence. You were diagnosed with a terminal illness and the doctors gave you a time frame to live, but God said, not yet, in his presence. This is a God moment, okay? Uh, you get paid on the first and your bills are due on the 15th. Got more time than you got money, but God dispatched an angel on your behalf and you received an unexpected check in the mail that covered your bills and guess what? A little nanny yap. Oh, you don't know what that is? That's French for leftovers. You were laid off, you got your job, but God opened another door with the promotion that gives you weekends off. So now you can come to church and worship him on Sunday. God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Lord, we want to experience your presence so we can experience your power. Move right now, Lord, so that they can feel your presence because in his presence, healing takes place. In his presence, captives are set free. In his presence, we can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. In his presence, the enemy must flee. I said the enemy must flee. Satan, you have no power in this place. Lord, cover us right now. Just as you did with Israel in the wilderness, cover us, Lord. Protect us, Lord. 
in his presence. We don't worry about our problems. Why? Because he's a problem solver. In his presence, we have hope to face tomorrow. In his presence, we can hear his voice, and he tells us we are his own. We can get our marching orders from our Lord. Soldiers, we get our marching orders, but he writes the operations order. He is Abba Father, the one who tells us and leads us to our paths. He's a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathways. And he tells us in this, in this text today that he has a personal relationship with God. It's in the first person. So in, in, in the text where it says he, the next time you read this text, say I. I dwell in the presence. Then he shifts, he says, the shadow, the shadow, light and darkness, shadow, the shadow of God. There is characteristics when we think about shadows. This is going to bless you. When we're in his shadow, light and darkness, they get smaller or larger. The relationship between a shadow and distance, the shadow will get smaller as the distance increases and will get bigger as the distance decreases. I want you to think about it. I want you to think about it for a minute. This is a spiritual moment, but I'm going to give you a metaphorical image. The farther you go away from God, the shadow gets smaller. Have you been there? Outside the shadow, outside the protection, no longer covering you, God cover me. When you went outside the wall, when you crossed the LD, he covered you, but the distance between him and you, it was far away because my mind wasn't on him. My mind was on the mission. But before I went out, every mission, I read Psalms 91. And when I read Psalms 91, he brought me back into reality. All this gear I got on. M16, M203, hand grenades, bayonet, all of the armor that I had on, it meant nothing if I was... away from the shadow, but in his shadow, the imagery here is that of a bird. The shadow is God's protection. I'm getting ahead of myself. Slow down. Slow down. That's, that's, that's not this verse. Shadow. Shadow means that he is our protection. You're in witness, protection, custody. Because you under his shadow. 
But when you leave outside of his shadow, you lost your protection and you're on your own. Anybody been there? Uh, I should see every hand go up. This, this is the Lord's house. We're going to keep it real and keep it truthful. We've been there. We know what happens when you go outside the shadow. Can I push it a little further? The most high God. God is a majestic God in all his ways. The most high God refers to Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Very familiar text. This is a text with Moses when he sees the burning bush. It is the presence of God, the glory of God. His face shone, his countenance changed. And Moses asked the question, who shall I say sent me? God's response was, I am. First name. He didn't understand that, so he came back and asked him the second time, well, who is I am? Last name, I am that I am. It's not changing. I am that I am, my being. I live and move and have my being. I am that I am. Why is that important? You can't put God in a box. He is whatever you need. You fill in the blank. I am water and dry lands. I am manna when you're hungry. I am a pillar of cloud by day that protects you from the sun. I am a pillar of cloud by night that protects you from the cold and the enemies. He is whatever you need him to be. I am that I am. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, again, he personalized it. Not what he heard. He's giving you a personal testimony. I am, I will say of the Lord, personal testimony or trust of who Yahweh is to you. Trust who Yahweh is to you. He is the self-existing one. He is my refuge. The refuge is a shelter, a place of shelter. Shelter from what? Shelter from the storms in, in your life. Shelter from the suicidal thoughts in your head. Shelter from the negativity that you encounter when you talk to other people. Shelter from murmurs and gripers and complainers that never say anything positive. Shelter from the person that you know doesn't like you, but laugh in your face Shelter. He is my fortress, a stronghold. A stronghold. In other words, God has, has built a mountain around you that when your enemies try to come in, it's a stronghold. This is what happens when a person, um, they're on the run and they barricade themselves in from law enforcement when they're trying to get to them. It's a stronghold. But this particular stronghold, the imagery there is of a mountain. And if you've ever been in the military, the one thing that you don't want to do is to try to be on the offense and go up a mountain. Why? Because the mountain provides an overwatch position. It allows the enemy to see you 
from a, a, from a distance. So they're tracking your every move. The stronghold that God is referencing here, it is a fortress that is built to defend you. God has built a stronghold, a mountain to defend you. And that mountain can't be penetrated. We've seen mountains destroyed, but this particular fortress, it's a mountainous stronghold. God defends you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for, for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. In Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through Acts chapter 8, verse 2, we read the story of Stephen who was stoned. Stephen goes up, he makes his case about the history of Moses in the Abrahamic law. God defends Stephen just like God defends us when we go against our enemies. He is your defense lawyer in the courtroom. You will have trumped up charges against you, but God will vindicate you from those charges. My God in him I will trust. When we have a relationship with God, we can trust him, brothers, to cross the LD. That's a line of departure. I told you I was going to be all over the place today. That's for my soldiers. When you cross that LD and you go into enemy territory, God is with you. Humans will fail you when they give you, even when they give you 110%, but God never fails. His line is never busy. He's always on time. His time is not our time, but his time is always the right time. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. That word deliver there means to snatch you out. When your enemies are coming up, just snatch you away from them. He will deliver you from your enemies. The perilous pestilence are diseases that come about. All of us remember COVID-19. Now we got all of these remnants of COVID-19. Anybody can testify today, you may have caught COVID-19, but you're a living witness right now that God delivered you, snatched you right out of that sickness, right out of that disease and said, not yet. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. The fowler is actually a bird catcher. I want you to picture this. The fowler sets a trap. A bird flies. He comes down. And the fowler is these little small deceptive traps. He's got a line here, but he's covering it up. He's camouflaging the line. He's got food at the end of it so that when the bird comes and goes to eat the food or drink the water, it's a trap. The fowler has set traps for you and against you, but God says that he will deliver you, snatch you from the fowlers. Danger seen and unseen. He snatches you. The fowler, 
Maybe this is a better picture for you. God is, is, is heavenly. He's spiritual. References in the scripture refers to as an eagle. He soars. If you are an eagle, you fly high. The fowlers can't get you because you're at another heights, another levels. But the little birds, their wings aren't strong enough to go to the higher heights. They can't elevate. But God says you got eagle wings. You're not a bird. You're not a chicken. You can show a lot of different analogies and, and pictures here of a chicken that covers her sheep or her chicks. She's got feathers and she's got wings. I grew up on a farm, and the last thing you want to do is to try to get eggs from the, chick, from the chicken while she's got chicks there. Get ready for a rude awakening. You will get pecked. And God says that although a trap is set for you, these little subtle traps, they're on the ground, but he is your protector. He will protect you from your enemies. He's also a shield. God is our protective shield in the spirit. Two images here. The shield, one is a physical shield, primary, but then it says it has a buckler. The buckler is a belt. And we use this term a lot in the military. We want you to put tools in your tool belt. Tools in your tool belt. The imagery in Ephesians 6 is that of a soldier. He has the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword, which is the word of God. His feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is your shield and your buckler. He protects you. The more word you have in you, the more protection you have. If you don't have any word in you, you don't have any tools in your tool belt. So my my challenge to you today is to get in the Word. Because if you get in the Word, the Word will get in you. God covers us. He says in verses 5 and 6, he gives us four different times. This is in a 24-hour cycle. He gives the first term, night, from 6 p.m. to midnight. The second term he gives is day. That is from 6 a.m. to noon. The third time he gives us is darkness. That is from midnight to 6 a.m. And then the fourth time that he gives us is noonday, and that is from noon to 6 p.m. In other words, in a 24 cycle, God's got you covered. 24-7, he's got you covered. God covers me. Regardless of the time of the day, God will cover you. He never sleeps or slumbers. Anybody ever been fatigued? And in the middle of the night, you get a call, and it's that lifeline, and somebody says, I need you to pray for me. You're like, man, I'm tired. I need somebody to pray for me. No, that's not God. God is never busy. He's never tired. He's open 24-7. You can call him. His line is never busy. You, you won't get voicemail. You won't get, uh, please leave a message. No, he's open 24-7. 
His line is never busy. He's always on time. Verses 7 and 8, you can get your shout on. I'm going to give you the deuces, and we'll move to our next part in the service. Verses 7 and 8 says, For we have consumed, we have been consumed by your anger, and by your wrath we are terrified. You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your continence. I'm sorry. It's wrong, wrong. Went back to 90. Didn't sound right to me either. <laughs> we back? Continuing. A thousand may fall at your side. See, y'all shouting already. I was trying to get to the shout. And 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. As believers, we are not exempt from tests, from trials, from situations, from enemies. But God protects us as he did the children of Israel in the wilderness. And he will do the same for us today that he did for Israel over 2,000 years ago. He will punish your enemies while you sit back and watch without having to place your hands on them. I've told you all this before. I have some really big hands, if, if, if you can see. They're they really big, okay? And they're not always holy. And if I put these big hands on you, you're going to have some issues. <laughs> but I have learned over the years that some enemies and some battles, God doesn't want me to fight. So I just sit back and watch God do what, what God does. You've got some enemies, they plotting, scheming, just chilling, sitting back, watching God do what God does. You got an observation of what God does to your enemies. Today, he's got you covered. He just wants you to sit back and watch what God does. I'm going to close with this. 2003, I was in Taji, Iraq. I had been injured, went to Fort Hood, Texas, got rehabilitated. They fly me back in the country. I was the provost marshal. And so the provost marshal is over the military police. I had over 6,000 soldiers 
in country and we did all of the missions that were related to law enforcement, security missions, escort missions. Uh, those security missions sometimes were patrols. Some of those missions were physical security. And so when I got injured, they changed my job. Because of my skill set, they sent me into Taji, Iraq, and I trained the Iraqi army. I had to train their soldiers on what we did. And so it was me and five other people, five other soldiers that were in this assignment. I was away from the rest of my unit, just me and five guys. And we had some of the most dangerous missions that you can even imagine. And so after we came back from one of our missions, we're sitting in a DFAC. DFAC is a military term for a cafeteria. So we're sitting in a DFAC and out of nowhere, we get mortar fires. Mortars are these large trajectiles that explode. Uh, these traje trajectiles landed on our building. Who, who remembers my sermon title? He covered me, right? Mortars landed on top of the building that we were in. Remember what I told you? This one's personal. Psalms 91, a soldier's, a soldier's psalm, a psalm of protection. Imagine a large bomb landing on top of this building. When I tell you God covered me because the mortar landed and it was like a dud. Nothing happened. I'm not just talking about what I'm reading in the scripture. I'm talking about I was in the land of Israel getting attacked by the enemy, sends a, mor a mortar round on top of a building, and it was like a plane landing on a skidway. Did not explode. Yeah, that's a hand clap. <laughs> but when you know you got a call on your life, the enemy doesn't give up that easy. One week later to the date, another mortar round landed on the building and another dud. I'm covered. You better get it in your spirit that you're covered by the blood of the lamb. Your doorpost has blood over it to protect you from the enemy. Tell somebody, I'm covered, I'm covered, I'm covered. Maybe somebody here this morning. Maybe somebody here this morning. You want to know what it means to be covered. You want to know what it means to have a relationship with God. It's not hard. It's truly not hard. It's just trusting in God. It's having a relationship with him. As our elders are coming right now, the beauty of this story is that the veterans, they've made a sacrifice. They've gone to war for you. But your freedom is not free. 
Soldiers died for your freedoms. But all of the blood that the soldiers shed, their blood couldn't save you. They sacrificed their lives away from their families to defend both foreign and domestic sacrifice, divorces, lives, houses gone, trust lost, sacrifices that were made. But all of the sacrifices that we do, even the giving of our lives, couldn't save you. There's only one person that sacrificed his life, gave it. They didn't take it. He willingly went to the cross, nailed his hands to a wooden cross, sacrificed, nailed his feet to a wooden cross, sacrificed, never said a mumbling word, sacrifice hung his head then he died sacrifice placed his body in a borrowed tomb sacrifice three days later he got up with all power not just heaven and earth in his hands. He bore your sicknesses, he bore your griefs, he bore your diseases, he bore your sins on an old rugged cross. That's the perfect sacrifice. It was his blood that allows us to have life eternally. If you want to be a part of that family, you have to give your life. Blood for blood, you have to give your life not physically give your life. It literally means to surrender, to make him Lord of your life. Your marching orders, you report to the Lord every day. You make him Lord of your life. Not your will, his will be done. Real simple. You have to confess, you have to declare that Jesus is Lord. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, shall be saved. It's a free gift. It's that easy. If you want to give your life to Christ today, will you come? Give your life to Christ today, will you come? Maybe you've already given your life to Christ. You were in the presence of the shadow, but then you found yourself drifting away, out of reach. You were no longer covered. You were no longer protected. I offer Christ to you today to get back under the shadow, to be back under the wings, that he can cover you and he can protect you. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Last plea, last plea. You've given your life to Christ. You love the Lord. You moved here. You're looking for a place to worship, a place that you can call home, a place of fellowship where the word is being preached and taught. If you want to be a part of our, our family, 
the RCF family, this is your opportunity now to come, to give your life to Christ, to recommit, to see the things that we do here at Restoration Christian Fellowship. Will you come? Will you come? Maybe you just need somebody to intercede on your behalf. You need somebody to pray with you. You believe in what the scripture says. You are sick and you need the elders to anoint your head with oil, to lay hands on you so that you can be healed. If that's you, you need to come. You need to be moving right now. As the old mother say, while the blood is still running warm in your body, will you come? Will you come? I see you, there may be another. Will you come? Will you come? He's moving. He's moving. He's moving. Will you come? Will you come? God is he's covering right now. He's covering right now. He's protecting you right now. I see you, my brother. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about your neighbor. Your neighbor can't do this. Only God can do this. This is a God move. This is a God move. Only God can do what God does. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? There may be another. There may be another. Will you come? Will you come? The glory is here. The glory is here. Do you feel it? Do you feel him? You're in your secret place. Do you feel it? He's moving. He's doing something. He's moving right now. He's moving right now. The water is being stirred. The water is being stirred. You don't want to miss the move. You don't want to miss the move. The water is being stirred right now. Come here, man. He's been sick. Every time the water stirs, somebody gets in his way. God says the water is moving right now. Will you come? Will you come? Even now, while they're praying, while God is moving, we will close out this time. But if God has moved and said something to you today, when you leave this place, Pastor Topaz will be back at our visitor's table and share information with you about what we do here at Restoration Christian Fellowship Church. God, we pray now that your word has gone forward, that it's fallen on fertile ground, that the seeds have been planted, pray now that the Holy Spirit will water that seed. When the wind comes and tries to blow it away, it's rooted, it's grounded, has a solid foundation that this week when they leave this place, Lord God, and they come upon the challenges of the enemies, let them know that you've got them covered. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise and we thank you for your provision. In Jesus' name we pray. If you receive that blessing, say amen.